0: in this, there's a recording discrepancy in some early manuscripts. So if your version says that 70 went out, no worries. But regardless, they they go out, the, the 72 go out in groups of two, two by two, and they declare about Jesus and the kingdom of God. And as they go out, some receive healing, and there's miracles, and then there's others that want nothing to do with them. right? So there's this, sort of, they're celebrating the good that's happened and seeing the clear work of God, and others are just sort of, get out of my town. Yet at the end of it all, verse 17 declares that they came back full of joy. And you can almost picture the moment, right, as this this group gathers together. And there's just this big, like we're just sharing stories and there's brimming with hope and brimming with happiness. But... I think one of the, the cause of their joy wasn't just that, they, that God had worked, that God had done these things, that He healed, and, and that there was these, these things that happened. It, it's that He used them in the work. They're, they're, they're joyful because He was out, you know, they weren't just bystanders of, of God's mercy, but they were participants in what God was doing in the mission, that they were going out and they themselves were declaring, they themselves were being used, they were themselves were being filled up to be, they were being poured into so they could pour out into others that there was a joy they had in not just witnessing it, but participating in what God was doing, in the work that he was doing. There was a joy in even being rejected because they were part of the process. Obviously, there is much different about times and culture, but I think we see some of the same principles in the kingdom work that they were called to do in that day that we are called to do today. One is this, just like then, that the harvest is plentiful, that God has prepared and is preparing a harvest. Now, when we think of the harvest, we just need to recognize not all are brought into, in the harvest. We see that here, that, that there were those that rejected, but, but some do. And not just sort of a straggling few. He says it's plentiful. And so we go. There's a, there's a harvest that is guaranteed. So we go. We go out because... Be, because we reflect the God who who came to us. So so we go just following the the God who came for us. So we go because the Lord of the harvest guarantees a harvest. And we're told that that there there, there will be this harvest, that, that the harvest is plentiful until the Lord of the harvest comes back. So there's a harvest that is plentiful, and so we go. And just as then we today go as lambs, go unto wolves. Now, this has been interpreted many, many different ways in, in church history. I think the, there is this way that, that, as, as, that the people have interpreted that we go out sort of into wolves, that we, we could ourselves be harmed and hurt, that there's a destruction of wolves onto lambs and Though I think that's accurate, I think there, there's an accuracy that we see elsewhere in Scripture that there, there is a risk in going out and proclaiming that, listen, you can talk to believers all over the world. There are physical threats to believers all around the world. The great work of missions has, has really been those who have been going and being willing to, to suffer for the sake of Christ and for the cause of Christ. So, so that, that is certainly true. Though I actually don't think that's what is in view here. I think the most basic meaning is this, that we go out... And we don't go out and make converts through force. We don't go through it by sort of forcing the, the will sort of physically. We don't take it by force. But we go out with a, a gentle boldness. That the kingdom of God is not one taken by physical human force, but by, by, by God, God's mercy persuading our hearts and our wills. Here We also see that then and today the message we proclaim is not just of mercy, though we proclaim an extraordinary mercy, but as a mercy of God offered in light of the reality of God's judgment. Then and now that destruction is coming for those who refuse to bend their knee and will to the glory of Jesus, so faithful messengers of Jesus must declare the judgment of God. And we must declare it not just as a, a theoretical, vague possibility, But we know that the judgment of God is either on Jesus Christ or it is on us and so we must declare the judgment of God. But we also see this, that we see that those who go and proclaim the message of the gospel, those who go out and proclaim Jesus Christ, proclaim with authority because the message has power and the message has authority. See, in all these instances, right, Christ, Christ wasn't the one speaking, right? All these, fought, the 72 went out, and they were speaking door to door. They were going out in groups of twos. It wasn't just, it wasn't Christ, and it wasn't just the apostles going out. It, all 72 went out, and then they all come back in. And in verse 16, Jesus is speaking to them. He says, the one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me that there's an authority in what we say, that our, our words, as we, as we tell them to our children, as we tell them to the coming generation, as we tell them to neighbors, as we tell them to coworkers, as we tell them to family members, that, 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 that our words have an authority and a power. Now, we don't have a power inherent with us. It's not our personality. It's not the gravitas of the person who has authority. The gospel has the authority Jesus has an authority. It's not a professional who has a power and authority. It's not a pastor who has power and authority, a well-trained evangelist. It's those who proclaim and declare the message. It's those that proclaim about Jesus Christ, and as they tell that, that message has power. And so we proclaim with authority, and we proclaim with faith. And we see here, that the kingdom of God, verse 9, it says, is, is here, is is near. We live in an age of the already and the not yet. We live in an age where where the full reign of God, where the full reign, reign of King Jesus is not fully seen, not yet, not everywhere, not in every square inch. But we do live in an age where God does rule hearts and lives, and the curse is being reversed, and the the mission is advancing, as generation after generation are hearing of the faithfulness of God, and we see it in generation after generation, as we see conversions, as we see the curse slowly but steadily and surely being reversed, as we see healing happens, as we see the Spirit minister to people, as we see unity given, as we see insight into this book given, as we see soul saved, we see that there's, that there's a sense where the kingdom of God is near and it's here, so that there's this already and this not yet. And Right now, we live in the not fully yet years. There's they day coming, we're going to talk more about this, where, where we live in, in sort of the full reign of God over every heart, every square inch. Visibly, just obviously seen under his dominion. But right now, we are here, and they're not fully yet years, and these are the years where we are on as a people, where we are in a mission for the kingdom in these years. That there's, there's this, just to think of this, there, there's no mission years in heaven, right? That, that, that's the, the mission years are over. Now, there's, as I, I think about what's coming, there's just glory beyond my vocabulary I can speak of. There's something we can't do in heaven. And that's being on mission, sort of being in this way of proclaiming to those who don't know him. I mean, how, how glorious that this is, that we get, and, and, and what joy that that gives. And, and we, have this, we just have assurance that, that, that victory will happen, that the harvest will be there. Now, it's not going to be complete yet, it's not going to be definitive in our day, but in our community, the, the, the harvest is plentiful and in this church the harvest is plentiful as God continues to, to mature us that in our homes as, as generation after generation learn to trust in King Jesus that, 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 that victory is happening and the kingdom of God is advancing that there's a joy that in this time of the kingdom that, that, that the citizens of this kingdom are, are on mission together and he's, he's coming back soon and so our mission now is to declare it now to those who aren't part of that yet and so they they came back and they came back joyful right and they're and just recapping the same, and right the whole sense of it right it's just it's joy 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 as they're telling this so in verses 17 through 20 they return with joy and Jesus joins their joy you know, they're talking about the joy. Hey, we saw subject be Satan we saw Satan be subject to this power and he's like, Yeah, I was there. I, I was there when he fell the first time. He's been under my dominion for a while now, right? There's just this joy in that joining it. But the joy. Wasn't in the role they played. It wasn't like, well, yeah, I, I I spoke these words. So it's really about what I did. You know, did you see how I cast, you know, that demon out? How I healed the disease? No, they see it. the message is the one with power. The name of Jesus has power. Christ has the power. The Spirit of God has power. But they were they 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 had a joy that they were part of the work. So there's a joy not in sort of the part that we in particular play, but, but what we play a part in, that we're part of this mission. It's not, the, it's not a joy over the gifts we get to use, but that he uses anything we bring. So our joy in the mission is that we get to be part of it and in it. The great saving mission, of, to, uh, the great saving mission to humanity, that ever since the beginning, God has been on a mission heard this right in genesis 3 after the fall i will i will send someone he has been on mission since then. genesis 12 he first calls abram to to, to be on mission because god is on mission to the world that he's going to light up the night sky with just so many coming to be part of his family to dwell with him forever in glory and so we have the joy of not just receiving that not just of being recipients of that but of being not just being bystanders in the parade of god's mercy but of joining and proclaiming And so our joy is not our role our joy isn't our gifts, but it, it's that we get to join in this. And so we want to joyfully. We want to joyfully carry on. We want to joyfully stay the course in our mission. Listen, I, I, I'm aware that, that that in homes. It can be hard to joyfully continue to joyfully press on. We can be, listen, I, I'm aware as parents, right? We we just we have a hundred different things in our minds and a hundred different things that we're praying for our kids, a hundred different things we see, a hundred different things that we can be about any given day. But ultimately, we want to joyfully pressing on and, and teach our kids to, to live for one thing. In our community, we want to joyfully press on because, because the, the, there's a harvest that is plentiful outside these walls. We want to joyfully press on as a church inside these walls because of a harvest that is plentiful here. Listen, here's the reality. It, it's hard to gather week by week and to do all the sound stuff you got to do and all the setup stuff you got to do and, and the children's ministry stuff you got to do and walk with fellow sinners through life can get a little bit messy. Right, but but here's what happens as we as we gather each and every week as we gather week in week out. What, what, what's happening is we're strengthening one another in, in the great mission of God. We're we're serving one another that that we're that we're helping each other stay the course joyfully. That as we as we as, as we're built up within, then we're then strengthened to be sent out. that, that as we gather week by week. The mission of God is advancing. And there's going to be times, listen, I recognize this in any, in any life the the, the the obvious and just external fruit, the obvious external fruit isn't just like so obvious, but just to recognize that as we press on, God will bring fruit to what we do week in, week out. So Jesus gives us reasons to joyfully stay the core. Second, we see this joy in future reality. Joy in future reality. Then Jesus gives further joy. So there, all the exuberance that took place in verses, verses 1 through 19. And then he says, don't rejoice in this. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now to be clear, I don't think he's scoffing at their joy. Like, you, you, think, that's, you think that's happy? No, he's not doing that. He's not, I don't know, just being this one-upper here. He, he, he's not saying, how, how dare you find joy there? But but it's kind of like, yeah, the the mission is joyful. I mean, Satan's reign, seeing it visibly come undone is joyful. Let me tell you something more joyful. And it's not even close. Let me tell you about when the mission's done. Let me tell you about the reality that that the mission years, oh, they're going to pass and there's something that's glorious and eternal. I am... I, you know, you, you know me well enough to know I, I'm not. I'm not a crier. Like that's not like something I regularly try to do. Um, I'm not somebody that does that sort of thing a lot. But I'm not somebody that like watches movies and get, gets misty a lot. But if you want to get me misty, like the the thing, like the type of video you can show me is whenever like soldiers are returning home. You know what I mean? Like those videos, like. They get, they get me every time, right? And so, like sometimes, but I love the ones where it's like the surprise videos, right? Like those are kind of out, you know, so, you know, Christmas, you know, somebody will come home, you know, and birthday, you know, it's usually at some sporting event they'll have and they'll do this thing. And I, and I love them all. And there's just this, but usually in those videos, like there's just this, like there's the surprise that the soldier's there. Like they thought they were going to be there another three, four months or whatever, but there's this surprise and there's this joy and it just, it's, it's just this, 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 you know, flood of emotion that comes from the surprise. And there's those videos, and, and those, those are really happy. But the, then there's those. And, and if you can kind of picture, you know, if you have not seen one of these videos, just kind of the, the scene at the end of World War II when the soldiers were coming home. And there's a, there's a difference in the joy between, oh, somebody's here for a little while, somebody's here more unexpectedly for, for a bit. But then there's, the, there's this joy that comes, to, okay, the, the war's over, and victory's won, and the soldier's coming home, not, not for, you know... Not for a leave, but, but for good. And there's just this jubilation that occurs. But it's not just this sort of momentary jubilation. There's just this, this sense of like, and this is this is here to stay in the reality that, that that that's sort of in them. Listen, Jesus is saying, Listen, be joyful that you get to be part of the mission. But this is another level of joy that your name is written in heaven, that your name was written by God himself. It is never to be erased. Romans 8 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider the, presence, the uh, sorry, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to, reveal, to be revealed in us. Philippians 3 says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to be subject to all things, all, even to subject all things to himself. And 2 Corinthians 4 says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. This light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So we we rejoice, because we get to join a great mission. But after the mission years, it's rest that there's this sense of vacation is coming. So listen, these years, are, these years are hard. These years are, it's work. Listen, it would be so much easier just to, just to live for ourselves. But, but there's a day coming and our names are, are written in heaven. This is our, our reality and this is our destiny. And so we joyfully Have that just frame all that takes place in these mission years. Nothing that happens in these mission years can change the reality of where our name is written and who it was written by. And so in this, we rejoice. So Jesus gives us reasons to joyfully stay the course. Number three is joy, independence. Joy, independence. So again, verses 21 through 22 say, In the same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and to anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So, in these verses, Jesus it goes from celebrating with the disciples, I think that in a sense celebrating about the disciples. It's almost The close picture I can get is almost as parents are, are sort of celebrating the first steps of their child, that they're sort of happy with the child, but they're happy kind of on their own, excited for the child. And we do see here something of the majestic sovereignty of God and that he choo- in, in how he chooses to reveal himself the only reason's we can see him at all is not because we have great sight but because it's it's because he chooses to reveal himself to us and that's why we can see him. But I think the m- bigger point that he's making is is here who he ch- is who he chooses to reveal himself to. It's not the Pharisees who cannot see because of legalistic blinders thinking that they can sort of earn and keep God's favors. It's not the scribes who have these technical blinders on that almost like that God's character is more about the minutia than the character of Jesus Christ. It's not the Sadducees who have these philosophical blinders on that is almost that God is something we can arrive at by our wisdom and ingenuity. But He, he reveals Himself to little children. He calls His followers little children. Little children are... needy, and are teachable, are dependent, are humbled. See, those wise in their own eyes, or really who boast that they're wise in the eyes of the world, are proud and therefore resistant. Those who think of themselves as morally superior, lorded over others, and don't come to Jesus Christ. But Jesus loves the dependent child. Those who, who, who just see that they are in desperate need just be clear Jesus isn't for sort of uninformed and ignorant faith but what he's saying is that that he's revealed to those who are not conceited to those who who, who have a humble disposition that those who, who come desperate and dependent and humbled are able to see as he reveals himself so listen if you are in Christ it's not because of what you brought to the table It's not because of it. it, It's it's more because of what you didn't bring, and therefore on him you must depend. And what the gifts you bring, what you bring isn't how you enter. It's not how you. It's not how you grow. It's not how you stay. And it's not what ultimately God uses on His mission. You see, our dependence is a source of joy because it shows Him off, not us. And because dependence on Him actually. It brings us to the one source of life we have, which is him. So dependence on on him also leads to joy for us because it gives more of him to us and helps us rely on him. So dependence gives us joy, self-sufficiency, robs us of life. 1 Corinthians 1 says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being may boast in the presence of God. And because of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us the wisdom of God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is written, Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Listen, may we, as people, Uh, even maybe we we grow in in, in wisdom, maybe we grow in effectiveness, maybe maybe we grow in patience and love, maybe we grow in all these things, but the way we're going to grow is is not by sort of, okay, I'm going to take it from here, but by staying dependent on Him as children. And so dependence on Him gives spiritual life. Self-sufficiency robs us of life. And so just a question would be, for those who, who feel in some way, just in this season of their life, just spiritually exhausted, spiritually drained. J- just a question to think of for application. Well, where am I going to get my life from? Because if I'm going to me and my performance and my gifts, I will find that I will get, I will get exhausted really quickly. But He continues to give life again And again, and again, He is an unending source of spiritual life to those who are dependent on Him. So Jesus gives us reasons to stay the course. Fourth, we see this. Fourth, we see this. Joy in Jesus. Joy in Jesus. Verse 23 and 24 says, Then returning to the disciples, He said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and hear what you hear and did not hear it. Those, he has chosen to reveal himself through those who who just live in this humble dependence. We're able to see something of the glory of Jesus Christ. We actually get to, to see him and to know him. Think of all the prophets of old, of Isaiah and Elijah and Elisha and of Moses and David and Solomon, the kings and all those who went before. And they, they strained their eyes and, and they saw, but what they saw was sort of like, they were looking sort of like like it's midnight and what his people now get to see, it's basically like we're looking at midday. We see the character of God in Jesus. We see his holy demands, his merciful call. We see his love, his purity, his sacrifice and his victory. We don't just get a vague idea or or, or future hope of of who God is or what he might do. We see who he is and what he has done. And we don't arrive at it by cunning or by philosophy or by our own wisdom, but by the Spirit of God showing us what Jesus is like, revealing himself to his people. May of this year, most of you know, King Charles was crowned king of England. I guess the whole United... I don't really know how the the kingdom stuff works. But he was crowned king over a bunch of people, right? And, like, all, like, a United Kingdom, but it's bigger than that, right? I, like, isn't Australia, I don't, I don't know, understand how this works. But he was, it's a big deal that he's king, I guess. Um, he, but he was crowned this king, right? And, and, and you know, just, if, I, we saw it on TV, so though some of the details, like, what's happening were kind of lost on me. But, um, but, you know, and people were there. But then he would go out, right? After, after, the, after the crowning ceremony, he went out on the street, right? And just, if you watched it, like, just tens of thousands of people. Line up the street is just the, you know, as this car goes by, just to just to catch a glimpse, right? And there's this moment where it's a, it gets tradition, where the, where the new royal, the, the royal family steps out onto the balcony outside the palace, and family members step out, and and you just, I mean, you see just lines of people as far as the eye can see, as far as the camera can reach. Like there's just these lines of people, just throngs of people, just straining to sort of just to catch the slightest glimpse of King Charles. Jesus is saying this for, for generations. And it says that that's almost what it was like trying to see God and His purposes and His ways that, and His plan that you know, He had been revealing it. They, 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 they were straining to see how, how it would all unfold. And we get to see it. We get to see it unfold in this book. We get to see it told in this book. We get to, we get to have His Spirit living in our heart. We get to see it just clearly active in our world. And we get to see it not just in our little community. We get to see it all over the world. So glory to God that we, we get to see it and still, we still see dimly. 1 Corinthians 13 says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. We, we get to know and be loved by and be in a relationship with Jesus. We actually get to know him and to see who he is, to see what he's like, to, to see how God would answer all these questions of the Old Testament, all of these questions the prophets were asking, all, these, all these things that the kings were just, just straining their eyes to say, We get to see it. We, we, get, we have it as revealed history. We get to know him. We get to be known by him. And it, it's really him. Now, of course, with these human eyes, as it says in Corinthians, we, we can't see all of him. But what we see is enough and it's glorious. And so we take joy that we, at the end of all this, that, that our names are in heaven where Jesus is and He will be with us. So as a people, individually, as a people, as a church, we want to we joyfully stay the course that He has called us to on our mission. We want to we keep going. We want to joyfully invite our neighbors and co-workers and friends to Christmas Eve because... Because there's a harvest that Jesus has promised. We want to joyfully proclaim to the generations living in our home of King Jesus and of his wonderful reign and of his wonderful rule and what it's like to know him and be known by him because at the end of the day, there's only one thing and one person worth living for and one day to ultimately look forward to. We want to joyfully stay the course. We want to joyfully keep gathering week in, week out because this is God's plan for His people to be strengthened and to be united and to be unified as we are strengthened within as we can then go to without. Of course, we're going to go to a world that is full of wolves. But we have the great shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep so that ultimately whatever happens to us in this life he can also say no harm will come to you because the harm was absorbed by me so as we are in our mission years let's joyfully press on as there's wolves in the world let's joyfully press on let's, let, let, let's press on in this community let's press on in our homes let's press on one another in this church dependent on this glorious Christ. Let's pray. Father, we... Father, I, at times as as I'm on these mission years, as a dad and as a pastor and a follower of you, Lord, I can get discouraged and I can get weary So Lord, would you lift my eyes to see the glories of King Jesus, to believe the promise of the harvest that is real, to continue to press on. But for anyone here who is weary in their journey, would you give faith and vision to to press on joyfully? Would you give us faith corporately to continue to move forward and press on in the mission you have called us to? And Lord, we pray that in our day, whether it be children in this room, whether it would be just the way you are growing, each of us as saints, and Lord, we pray for those outside these walls, Lord, we get to see some of the harvest that you have. We pray this and we ask this of you, amen. Amen.